With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host today, Jordan, and a very special guest. We have Brandon Perno, the legend himself, the man, the myth, the legend on today's show. I don't think any of you guys expected this one. We have uh, Brandon Perno on today's show. Super excited to have you on today to talk all things Broncos. Uh, you're, obviously, all your content is something a lot of the, the Denver Broncos fans and uh, the community uh, definitely enjoy. And uh, I told a lot of people that I was going to, uh, a few people that I was going to have you on today, and they're really, really excited. And I'm excited myself. But um, without further ado, uh, Brandon, how are you doing today, man? How's life? How's the YouTube videos? How's the fam how's everything going that's a lot uh everything is going well um i had food poisoning last weekend so after oh, after you do that you look at life a little different um <laughs> when you can't control your body uh i won't get into graphic detail but two different ends of your body you lose control over you see darkness you go into a place that was darker than this last season for the Broncos hmm. and you emerge from that with a new appreciation of life. Uh, yeah. So I am doing better. Uh, Broncos off season has been interesting and I really appreciate you guys having me. You've been crushing it. I've been seeing uh, your videos, I think through Instagram and clips when you've uh, had players and guests on. So uh, happy to be here and just know like, you guys are doing a great job as well, Amir and Jordan. So I appreciate it. Thanks, that's a man. Yeah, Javante Williams jersey back there. Autograph. <laughs> Love it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's my favorite player easily. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, being on the show today. Hold on. And, oh, In terms of background, uh, Jordan, you got to step up your game right now. Man. <laughs> man, so look. Man, so look, I'm going to tell you what's crazy. I have so much Bronco, like, memorabilia and stuff. I'm in my college dorm room right now, so I didn't want to bring all the stuff with me. The only Broncos thing I have – yeah, the only thing Broncos thing I have here with me is my, my Tim Patrick flag. That's about it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where, where, where at uh, college are you? Uh, I go to uh, University of Houston. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, by the way, yeah. it's crazy because last week, Amir knows this, I had food poisoning last week, too. I was – yeah, oh. I had food poisoning last week too, man. I was I was out of there, dog. Yeah, I, I, I tried to come on here and do a podcast, and Amir was like, he was like, man, you know, we can uh, we can. We were like thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this we dude like looked the... like he was about to throw up on the screen or something. Yeah, man, yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know what's been in the air, man, but it, it was it was rough. Well, yeah. we have we have a bonding story now, Jordan. You and I are the same. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you guys better not uh, virtually transmit this this stuff to me. Yeah, Amir, um, could you leave? Could you leave for a little bit so we can talk? I got you. I got you. About our food poisoning. <laughs> oh man, I did. Yeah, dude, we literally and just to everybody out there, Brandon is hilarious. Like I, I genuinely enjoy your content because I, I can't say that about many like content creators, and that's just maybe that's just me. But I like 
and even like NFL content itself, you can go on there and you can, it can kind of be like more serious stuff and just learning from like the X's and O's standpoint and all, all that stuff, just trying to gain more knowledge. When you go on uh, Brandon Perno's videos, that's good sports, that's good Broncos. I feel like I always, always, always get a laugh out of everything. And just even having you here in the studio with us, even before we started recording, you had us laughing from the very jump. You're, you're just an all-around hilarious dude. Um, I, I really that. do appreciate yeah, all your content and everything. I know I could speak on behalf of all the uh, Broncos country and the NFL, NFL world in general when uh, you know on the content-creating space. As long as you speak for the entire NFL world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got appreciate you. that. Yeah, yeah, like you do it long enough, like I don't know what's funny anymore. It's just like, <laughs> but uh, that really is a good confidence booster for the rest of my day. Yeah, yeah, to go awesome. with Amir, it's kind of crazy because, like, anytime, like, especially this season when the Broncos would just have a devastating loss that just made me sick to my stomach, your videos would cheer me up, you know, it'd just be funny how you would just kind of get on them. It's hilarious. I give it to you. I'm not gonna lie, more, yeah, more sick than the food poisoning. Um, nah, no, it was nothing worse than that. It was nothing worse. Nothing oh, was worse than that. No. <laughs> yeah. How are so, you guys um, feeling I, about the off season so far? Oh man. Um, it, it's been pretty good. I mean, we had some of the moves the Ben powers move was like one of my easily my top three favorite free agents. So to get him was insane. But also I was like on the podcast, you can ask Jordan, like I was actively um, arguing against Mike McGlinchey. And then the next thing we know, we signed him to five years, 87 <laughs> man, and a half million. Hilarious. 50 million guaranteed. So uh, you can probably assume the reaction I had to that. But other than that, I like that they're emphasizing the run game because I've been constantly preaching on this pod. Like they need to be a run first team. I don't really think they need to be that gun it down the field with Russell Wilson at this point in his career. And they need to run it with him more. And, you know, to get these blockers and, you know, for him in front of him at the first and second level, it's really important. So I, I do like what they've done there. Um, overall, the offseason, yeah, it, it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, man, for me, you know, I kind of expected it. I mean, the Broncos had to be aggressive. You know, we don't have that much draft capital and everything. And I just, you know, it, like every time I thought about this offseason, I thought about the uh, 2014 offseason when we brought in all those just Manuel Sanders to leave, TJ Ward, DeMarcus Ware. I'm like, man, Denver's got to have an offseason like that. And you've seen day one of free agency and day two, they just went after it. They made, I think, the second – they made like three day one free agency signings, McGlinchey, Stidham. And uh, Ben Powers, then you see Zach Allen, P. Ryan, and Callaway. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. And then, of course, the trade for Sean Payton. It's just like, I give it to George Payton and the ownership, man. They're, they're killing it. I give it to them. They're trying to yeah. win. Yeah. I'm skeptical until I see the, the product, but like, mm -hmm. and I think last season I got too excited. So I'm just trying to keep it in check. But yeah. I feel like they've had a, a nice offseason so far. Mm -hmm. And, I think McGlinchey is going to be a lot better than people believe because the right tackle position's just been such a bad spot. Like for sure, you can be average and be like, you know what, pretty good tackle if he's yeah. just average. And if they do run the ball, I think like last season, the not getting runs over twenty yards for like half the season just killed them. So I really like the Samaj P Ryan signing. Um, mm -hmm. Also, because he doesn't fumble, so that is a huge bonus. But and he has uh, he can take screenplays to the house against the Chiefs. Uh, it seems like screenplays I think are going to be a thing that work yeah. again for the Broncos, and they haven't for the last couple of years. And we saw a little bit when they put Marlon Mack in last season. He took one or two. He took one to yeah. the house, and yeah. But that was like it. But if they can get that part of the game, give. 
those easy throws that turn into first downs. Uh, I think the line P Ryan until Javante gets healthy, like just watching some like Javante Williams highlights again. Cause he didn't play all last year. It's like, Oh yeah. I forgot how good he <laughs> so is. Damn good, punishing yeah. He is. And why we were so excited. So that was a real tragedy, not having Javante play. Um, so I'm excited once he gets right and I don't want him to rush him back. Like I really want him on the field, but I know yeah. he really jacked up his knees. So let it get right. And then, yeah, you got to believe Peyton's knows what he's doing. Yeah. His whole yeah. philosophy for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously. And then we got the news of Jerry, Judy and Cortland's son, all the uh, trade rumors and everything. And then we got uh, Sean Payton and George Payne basically just uh, sticking the middle finger to everybody and shutting down all those uh, trade rumors. Uh, what was kind of your reaction to that? And in that process, did you think that one of them, one of the two was actually going to be traded? Oh, I still think one of the two might still be traded. I think Ooh. they just haven't gotten offer that's worth uh the value that those two players have so i think they're in a they're in a position where they definitely want a first or second round pick because they don't have one they have two players other teams are interested in in sutton and judy but those two players are still very valuable to the broncos they're valuable to what they're going to want to do on offense even though it didn't quite pan out last year we saw who jerry judy could be with russell wilson late in the season So I was somebody who was ready to trade Judy just because it wasn't even a knock on Judy. It was just like nothing works on this offense right now. So why should I care if we can get some some value to build the team in in other ways? But then when when it clicked, when they moved him, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly who we thought Jerry Judy would be. I want to see more of this. So to me, it's more about the Broncos know there's value for those guys. And if Tim Patrick's healthy, then they do have a little bit of depth there. But we saw you can't really have enough depth at any position. So it's more of them just listening and maybe waiting for the right offer. And if they get the right offer, I think they'll may make the move. And I think keeping a first for Judy is a minimum because it depends yeah. on what first you're getting. It depends on who they value in this receiving draft class. I don't think there's anybody there as a prospect who is good as good as Judy was as a prospect. Right. So I don't know if you're going to get that comp to replace him right away, or if there's another position, they value a player higher than Judy in the draft and they think they can get him with a trade, then it might make sense, but they're not in a position where they have to trade either guy and they Mm -hmm. want to keep weapons around Russ, obviously. So they're in a good spot. They might not, but I wouldn't like, them saying that they aren't or weren't going to trade him, I think it's more like we didn't get the value that we want for yeah. either of these guys, and we don't have to move on from them, so we're not going to. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. Like, me and Amir called this back during the season. Like, you know, I, I was kind of been saying that I thought Quillen Sutton was going to be the guy to get moved. But I have to agree with you. I mean, I don't think Denver is going to take anything less than their asking price. I mean, you've seen the trades George yeah. Payton has made. He got a first for Bradley Chubb, and he got a second and a third for Von Miller on an expiring contract halfway through the year. But I think, you know, like, with George Payton, he's not going to take anything like – he's not going to get fleeced. 
Like he's not going right. to go out there and just, you know, take crap for a guy and just like a fourth round pick for Corlin Sutton and be like, okay, we're going to move on. Like he's not going to do that. Corlin Sutton's not on a bad contract. So I think the asking price for him should be around a second round pick. And you are right. Like with Jerry Judy, I think the minimal price should be a first round pick because you're not going to get anybody. I don't really see anybody in this draft that you can get in the second round. That's going to be a Jerry Judy unless yeah. you get, you know, unless you get like a top 15 pick and take like um, JSN or one of those guys like that. But yeah, I would have to agree with you, but, um, you know, you see it all the time. Teams say we're not going to trade these guys. And, you know, they're they're saying that because they're, they're not shopping them. They're just taking calls for them. But I can still very well see one of those guys getting traded, honestly. I, I don't think Sean Payton really saying that means that much. I think, it you know, it shows that, no, we're not shopping these guys. We don't want to get rid of these guys. But with the right offer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'll move them. So to me, it's it's almost comparable to like um aj brown in in the last yeah. draft right like all of a sudden we're like oh god they actually traded away aj brown uh like if judy goes to me i feel like it might happen in, in that manner yeah but it's yeah. also like if you're trading say judy and you're getting a first rounder you actually get a first rounder you're probably not trading him to grab another receiver it's like you think you can get an edge player or something like that that you might have a, a need where you justify it. But even that's still kind of a stretch. Like, yeah. I just want the offense to be good. Whatever yeah. happens, if this team can just score a lot of points every week, I will feel so much better about football oh, in yeah. 2023. Yeah, I yeah. have to agree. I, I'm just kind of strong. I, I don't know. I don't know if I really agree. I'm kind of struggling with the fact that he went out of his way and the whole, the whole wording and everything was really, really interesting. I kind of try to look at the, every detail of what these GMs and coaches say. Um, rather than saying we're not interested in trading those guys, they kind of said we are not trading the, um, those two players. Both of them said that. Mike Kliss, you know, said in his recent article that they are staying. They're not going to be traded. Um, which obviously Mike Kliss is one of those guys from the sources of the organization where they could, you know, potentially be having him relay something that they want him to, to the media and public. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really too sure. Uh, I've been more so, you know, believing that Cortland Sun is a possibility, but after the last few days, I really feel like it's kind of like a five to 10% chance. So there's a little bit of a sliver of hope, but um, for the people that do want to move him, but Jerry Judy, I don't know. I just really struggle. And you guys are making good points. Like there's not a route runner as good as Judy in this draft. There's not no. someone as proven as Judy in this draft. There isn't even, I don't even think there's this draft is really interesting. Cause I personally, from watching these receivers, I believe that there's more depth and, you know, solid wide receiver twos and like rounds three to six. than there are like really capable wide receiver yeah. ones in this draft. Like I like Josh Downs and uh, JSN a lot, but besides that, I think Quentin Johnston will turn out pretty good. But besides that, I don't really see guys that could come in and like really, you know, be a lot better than Jerry Judy. And those guys I just mentioned, they're going to go pretty early in the draft. And I'm not sure the Broncos would be able to net a pick that could replace them. And also another thing is I feel like this, this wide receiver room is one injury away. Even if you keep Jerry Judy and Cortland Center right now, it's one injury away where we're saying, damn, you know, we're, we're trotting yeah. out Brandon and Johnson and uh, Kendall Hinton out there starting this week. Like it, it, it's crazy. And obviously KJ Hamler, I hate to say, but the guy, guys injury prone so i think honestly i think they're looking to keep these guys and add a receiver in the third um the third or fourth round because we we keep i don't know if you guys uh you know pick this out but um george payne and sean payne kept reiterating that they don't think this wide receiver class is very deep at all which i thought was really interesting they just kept they purposely kept going out of their way to say that which makes me believe it might be a little bit of a smoke screen here and they may like a wide receiver there with uh pick 67 or pick 68 yeah, I mean, 
like I, I would have to agree with Perna too, just based off what he said. And I didn't even think about it. I could very well see one of them getting traded like during draft day, like a like you just see the Broncos trade up and you're like, oh God, what do we do? And you see like Corlin Sutton gets traded to like New England, Baltimore, or just one of those teams that needs a wide receiver. The Giants, just a team that you kind of see them sneak up on because I don't believe when they say they don't think this, this receiving class is deep because this is a nice receiving class. It's not like, you know, all the big names and it, it's not going to be a lot of like humongous game changers, but there's a lot of solid guys in the later rounds, you know, the rounds three through six that me and you kind of went over. I could definitely see the Broncos yeah. taking one of them, but I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that you don't want to see those guys go, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And if, if I had to pick, I'm still going with Cortland Sutton to get traded. I, I, Cause I, I don't like, I just don't see Jerry Judy getting moved. I don't like, I, yeah. I really don't. Cause I believe with Sean Payton and him, if you can give Jerry Judy his targets, he can just stay healthy. Don't miss the usual three, four games. If he can just stay healthy, you know, Sean Payton gets him his targets, the balls, him and Russ already started clicking the second half of the season. I feel like, and he was so close to a thousand yards too. He had like 972 yards if I'm correct. I mean, he's right there, man. Yeah. He's just on the cusp of breaking out and just going crazy. So I just think you got to keep him. You got to wait and see. He's still on his rookie deal too. If I'm being perfectly honest, I kind of want to see a trade because uh, can I swear on here? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah go for yeah. it. <laughs> the first two rounds of the draft are going to be incredibly fucking boring <laughs> without any picks, guys. I just want yeah. something to happen in this draft for us I early because last year was not fun without a first rounder, and now we don't even have a second round. Did we have we had a second round pick last year, right? Or no? Yeah. Was, yeah. Just late, yeah, we did. late in yeah. the second. It felt like a third. Yeah, it was pick 42. So it was yeah, like mid-second round pick, Nick Benito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got to take a step up. But, yeah, uh, he does. Yeah. Yeah I, mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of do have a point there. I mean, but like I said, if I had to pick anybody, I, th I think it's sudden, man. I, I think it is. I, I, It's just been my gut feeling like for a while now. I think it's sudden. Yeah, just because it, it felt like – um, he just, I don't even know if it's on Sutton, if it was just the offense, but it felt like it wasn't working the way we wanted it to work. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim Patrick comes back. Maybe it's him and Sutton and Judy on the field at the same time. Then everybody's better. I don't know, but the Patrick injury was just such like an, I think like a, a blow to the team. Mm -hmm. like, and he, yeah. it's not like he's the, the most dominant receiver, or anything like that. It's just so consistent, and it felt like the offense just functioned better when he was on the field mm -hmm. from the previous year with Pat Shermer, who was an offense to my existence. But uh, I didn't think it would get worse than Shermer, and then yeah. it did, so who knows? Yeah. yeah, the Tim Patrick thing really felt like you had a Jenga tower and you're pulling the last block from the very bottom and everything falls apart. Like he is, I feel like in my opinion, he's like Josie Jewell for our offense. Like he's the glue to how that yeah. receiving game works. And Russell Wilson and him were developing a very, very nice connection in, you know, the off season. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I, I remember hearing the news that like he tore his ACL. No, I, I remember like hearing the news that he went down and I was like, I hope it's nothing serious. I'm like, cause if he gets hurt, then that just breaks because because I honestly think that just broke apart the whole offense. I feel like Hackett and them didn't know what to do without him out there. I feel like they came in there with a strong game plan. Like, okay, we're gonna have Tim, Tim and Court on the outside, Judy on the inside, and then we're just gonna run it from there. And once Tim Patrick went down, you could kind of see they didn't really know yeah. what to do. They didn't know what to game plan. They didn't know how to Russ didn't know how to adapt because he didn't have a strong chemistry with other guys, and it was just everything just went downhill from there. 
Yeah. But yeah. Um, but speaking about the draft, um, I don't know if you had a chance to get a deep dive in the draft, but if you did, can you tell us oh, you haven't? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. okay. I know the quarterbacks. <laughs> but you just asked Jordan, Jordan thought you yeah, were the next like, Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah, I've so, been looking at the draft quite a bit recently, so I'm very prepared for what question you have coming up. All right, now I was going to ask you, you know, can you tell us about your favorite draft prospects, you know, like receivers, corners, stuff like that? Uh, my favorite draft prospect is Anthony Richardson. Wow. No, me too, for real. Yeah, Anthony Richardson's a beast. I'm doing, I have a video going up about him today, so awesome, <laughs> that's why awesome. I know about him. Uh, okay. No, I don't know anybody outside the first round. Um, I know about Jalen Carter. I know about Bryce Young. I know about Will Anderson, Levis, <coughs> Stroud. <laughs> That's it. That's okay. it. That's all I know. Okay. That's fine. Who do you guys yeah, like? Fine. Tell me third round Broncos picking. Oh. Who do you want them to take? Well, educate I'm, me. Well, I'm going to go George, first. George can speak with yeah, me. I'm going to go first, you me. know. Man, I'm banging on the table for Jaden Reed. Go watch his yeah. tape. Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. The dude can play outside, inside, and he's a great kick returner. Just a he, he's an all-around gadget guy. He's a Sean Payton type of guy. He like he reminds me so much of Brandon Cooks, like you know, younger version of Brandon Cooks almost. I'm not gonna lie, if the Broncos can take him in the third round, like I was telling Amir, I wouldn't even be mad if we used like our, our first third round pick on him. He's such a stud. Like that's actually crazy. Um, another guy, Jake Bobo, kind of one of those like he's kind of one of those guys like he can play tight end wide receiver you can line him up as a blocker it's, he he can do a lot of things um i have a whole Jaden reed oh, from michigan yeah. state yeah michigan yeah. state uh jake bobo um he's gonna go really late though yeah ucla i think he's out of ucla yeah. um yeah. i i'll give you two more guys um and i'll let him here go uh dante demas dante demas jr the wide receiver i can't think of his college um Maryland. Maryland, yeah. Dante Demas out of Maryland. He is, yeah, 6'4", 216, just an absolute unit beast. You can tell he's got that dog in him. And then finally, Rasheed Rice, 6'2", 203 out of Ole Miss. Reminds me so much of A.J. Brown. He's like, if, if I had to pick a guy that's just built like A.J. Brown and just the whole game, and he's out of Ole Miss too, it's Rasheed Rice. So, yeah. Yeah, he took uh, my first two, my favorite receivers in the draft out of my mouth. So, um, I've been I've been uh, pounding the table for Jaden Reed and um, what's his face, uh, Dante Demas for months. Um, you can look at Dontavian Wicks. Um, you can look at Jonathan Mingo. Those are just the receivers. We're just naming a bunch of receivers right now. But um, I think corner uh, or not linebacker, um, edge and a center really need to be considered in the third round as well, though. Um, th those are positions I still need to, to attack, though. I'm yeah. I've been kind of going position by position. I don't really, you know, you know, mix up my uh, my tape and stuff. But yeah, that's just kind of where I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I think edge is the one I'm most concerned about on defense. I yeah, I've been saying a lot. Like, I don't think a lot of people agree with that. I feel like edge is really concerning. Like, yeah. Um, I'm not really uh, happy with the depth that we have. I'm not really happy with Nick Benito much. I think it's going to take a little bit of time with him. And also, I mean, Randy Gregory, obviously, I know you and uh, Will were talking about it on the That's Good uh, Broncos podcast. Like, Randy Gregory, you don't know when he's going to go down. Um, and then Baron Browning, he has a little bit of injury issues, and he's still trying to learn the edge position as well. So it, it is very concerning, actually. I would not be surprised if the Broncos take an edge with their very first pick, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I would have to say, and the thing, the crazy thing is, it's kind of been like a little issue for us for the past few years. I mean, you look at Vaughn and Bradley Chubb, I'm not saying they're played, but just the injury, like you never know which one is going to go down, which one's going to be in the lineup. And then you thinking, well, maybe, well, maybe like the, the new guys that do note, it's the same way, Bam Browning, Randy Gregory. I mean, I, I'm just hoping, you know, we can get some healthy guys, you know, those guys can stay healthy. I think we'll be fine. I'm between Bam Browning and Randy Gregory. Nick Benito does have to step up, but I mean, we still have some depth, but, I, but like Amir said I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we go edge like you know our second yeah. pick in the third round or definitely fourth round if if they all stay healthy if Gregory's healthy if Browning's healthy I'm I'm cool with it and yeah. I think we saw yeah. like potential from from Browning like his insane speed off the edge but when it shifted to where he needed to be the guy uh, yeah. It felt like the, the pass rush just yeah. wasn't there. After Chubb left, it wasn't as effective on the edge anyway. Um, and who knows if they got better, you know, on the corner there with, you know, Draymond Jones leaving and, and Zach Allen coming in. So um, I don't I would not bank on Gregory playing a full season. Uh, I think Benito can turn into a, a decent player there. But, yeah, if they grab an edge player with if they go edge. If they keep Judy and Sutton, I don't really care if they're looking at receivers because they brought in uh, Callaway. You yeah. still have Montreal Washington as you know that speed guy that maybe can fill in for for Hamler. So I think there's potential at receiver, but Edge would be an, a nice place if they found somebody in that third round that turned into like a game wrecker, a dude there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, I want to. I want to ask you a little bit, um, just going away from the draft a little bit, going to your YouTube channel. I see uh, <laughs> big, uh, big relief. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about your uh, YouTube channel, 385,000 subscribers. Um, I just want to kind of get your uh, whole thoughts and how you started your YouTube channel, what made you start uploading videos, where did that kind of stem from, and uh, what advice would you give to uh, content creators um, trying to grow in this space? Uh. The piece of advice I give is just like consistency. So like yeah. you just got to keep doing it. Just keep plugging away at it. Um, let people know you're going to be there, whether it's once a week or twice, how, whatever your schedule is, just show up, make it work. That's like the hardest part. Yeah. You know, once you figure out, oh, your voice, how you make your videos, just keep doing it. Pay attention mm -hmm. to what's like working. And when you find a video that, that hits or clicks, like, figure out what made that video successful and then try to repeat that. Um, like I got into YouTube because I was working for other YouTubers in Los Angeles for this company called maker studios. So I was editing and directing videos for uh, Ray William Johnson's channel. Uh, so this was like way back in the day I was editing and doing like some visual effects stuff for like Epic rap battles. So like all these early YouTubers awesome. and it was like, man, I just, I want to be doing that shit too. Like, because they were uh, having like all this success and I was like, what can I talk about every day or what, what would I want to talk about? And I was like football. So uh, started with like sports and then I just zoned in on the Broncos and that's where like I had my first video do well. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep following the Broncos. Um and like for me, it was if I was editing videos and doing that all day for work. Cause so the other at, like battle was if I'm going to add more work that's the same to my day, what can it be? 
so is like Broncos and football. Like I won't mind putting in the time. Um, and then just, just 10 years I've been doing that shit. So it's just like when I say consistency, just keep plugging yeah. away at it. Cause yeah. it's, it's rewarding once you kind of build a little momentum. Um, but it took a while. I was not yeah. smart. Be smart about it. Like learn, learn about analytics, learn about all yeah. of that stuff. Like for example, cause it took me a, 10 years to get where I'm at. I just did a live stream with Cole DeRuz, who does the, the Chiefs channel. Uh, how about those Chiefs? In yeah. one year, he's built a, a, a subscriber base of 100,000. And we both have similar like video backgrounds. His approach was just so much smarter than mine. And the way he, like, if you want to look at how to do it, look at what Cole did in one year on YouTube. And then be like, how can I apply that to what I want to do? And it's hard if you're doing other stuff. Like if you're working a full-time job, which most people are, or going to school, like fitting that stuff into your schedule. But look at the people who did it really well quickly and mimic <laughs> what they do, not what I did. If you're trying to make a bunch of dumb dick jokes about football, it's going to take a while to convince people to keep coming back. Oh, Stay away on, from man. trying to be funny. That would be my advice. Okay. Be smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man that's that's i i give it to you to know that's really good advice though but i mean i mean i like i watch your channel a lot man and like over the years i just seen it keep growing and growing and i'm because like i remember when i first started watching your videos my brother was like you got to check out this dude that's good broncos that good sports he's he's fucking hilarious and i'm like oh really so i'm checking your channel just nice. it, it it just keeps growing and growing and i because in my head i'm like bro this dude should have like a million subscribers like this dude's freaking yeah, hilarious too Bro, bro, I'm not, no, bro, your content is, your content is great, man. It, it, it's hilarious. I appreciate like, that. Yeah, for sure. It just, man, it, it all gives me a laugh, especially like back in the day, you know, when the Broncos were actually winning and we were actually, you know, contending. I used to love watching your videos, man. It's. Yeah, that was fun. Dude, it, that it's was crazy. So Cause like, winning. yeah. Cause whenever you're a content creator, especially for like a, a sports team, you really see the most growth whenever they're actually winning damn games and yeah, like yeah. making Ooh, really, really big moves. Because really that too, yeah. Like we're a big laughing stock last last season. I kind of saw a little bit of growth on my page from that. And then also <laughs> when we traded for Russell Wilson, uh, I got a little bit of growth from that. And then um, when he started sucking, I also had growth from that. So it honestly, Russell Wilson's been doing wonders for my page. But um, in all. <laughs> In all fairness, I thought you brought up a really interesting point because, like, you talk about you know content creating and just finding the right thing to post. It's like I, I really do see what you're saying, and like a lot of people out there that are trying to grow. Like when you do find that one video or post or pick, whatever it is that you're you're trying to make content for, um, you you find that one thing that kind of just blows up, and you kind of just got to pick it piece by piece, dive into the analytics, how the shares look, and the video duration all that stuff i think it's super super interesting and once you get like enough experience you just know what like you know what pops off like what people yeah. want to see like, my biggest advice is just post what people want to see not what necessarily like you yourself uh would like to see and hope that people would want to see i i think that's just like my best advice not necessarily doing it only for yourself but doing it for your audience i think is really yeah. really interesting and no, that's, that's something you like, really it's still good. something i don't do but it's good advice like yeah. uh I make a lot of videos just because like that's the thing I want to see or I would do it. I mean, and it doesn't always work. And like, look, like last year, the videos that did well for me were the Broncos recaps, like the new word, the worst game ever, the new worst game ever. <laughs> I didn't plan that. Like I tried to do something that to start the season about 
uh, like recapping each week as like a movie trailer for the NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we did three or four weeks of it and they just tanked. I thought they were a great idea. I thought the videos were solid, but nobody watched it. So I moved on and then I leaned into the fact that people just wanted to see me as a Broncos fan, be miserable about how uh, bad the Broncos were. But like, it's just, it wasn't a different video. Like I've been doing Broncos game recaps yeah. for 10 years, but it was just the right moment for that formula to work. And for me to rant about how bad they were. So that was just kind of luck. Like that's just, yeah. I didn't do anything different. People just watched it because we were a dumpster fire. So I don't know if those videos will work next year. Um, I don't have a good plan for this coming season, but we'll see. <laughs> I wait Maybe for crazy news to happen. If something like like something crazy happens, those videos do well. But like every yeah. every like every week, every month, every year on YouTube is a guessing game. I'm not great at paying yeah. attention to analytics. I said do it. I still don't. But if I were giving advice to other people, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the crazy, yeah, yeah, for me, I started doing it, like, I would say, like, four months into me, like, um, you know, making content and stuff like that. I started paying attention to, like, what videos were viral, like, the timestamps, what time I posted it, and just what people wanted to see. And um, basically, it was, like, trends, like, the longer videos. Like, I feel like, for me, like, the longer my videos are the more like views i get especially like on tiktok on instagram i kind of figured out it's like the shorter ones like that that kind of tells like a story like gets like the most views but yeah man i mean but you had a point though you know everything's about consistency i feel like um one of the things i live by is like you know if you really love something you can make time for it regardless of how your schedule is you know like for me that's just for me i mean i'm working i work every day and i'm going to class college yeah. and everything like that and I, I i just find time throughout my day to do you know to make videos and stuff like that but yeah man i mean you're right about consistency because you have like making like content is you have to be consistent though you do yeah it's it's like a long term it's a long play for most people um to like do anything in the, these spaces but it the opportunity is there if you, you're passionate about doing it then do it yeah. yeah yeah but yeah um but I, I want to ask you something you know um after the first game of the season you know i i, I watched it was um we played the seahawks and I, yeah. I i you know i was so hyped going into the season it was looking back on it it was terrible um you know i had all my friends in my room i'm like you know man i'm like come on it's the seahawks man we finna go thrash them like everything like this and we just kind of wet the bed a little bit it, it was really bad but um you know you you made a video about the first game and just how bad it was and the terrible coaching decision and the thing you had to make. You know, like after watching that first game, were you like, did you kind of have an idea what the season was going to be like after seeing no. you didn't? No, <laughs> I thought I was worried about that game going into it because like it's a tough ask for a guy like Russ to go back home in his first game with like a new team and perform in that environment. And I just, it just felt like that was a big obstacle for Russ heading into that game. Mm -hmm. Even as bad as Hackett was at the end of that game, um, I wasn't too worried about like, like I wasn't super bothered about the, the decision-making. That was more of like just taking the tone of what people were ranting about and, making the video about it. Like I was more concerned about those two fumbles on the goal line, one by Gordon, one by Javante Williams. To me, I was like, you know, this was a game where they just 
none of these guys really played all preseason. They made a couple mistakes because if they score on either one of those those drives there, uh, they win that game. So it's like, oh, it's the emotions, the jitters. This is really a preseason game for them. They're going to be fine. I was mm-hmm. way, I was overconfident. Um, okay. I don't think I re- like, I was fine with all of September being kind of weird. I was like, I think it's going to take a little bit for all of this to click. Mm-hmm. I think I started to get more worried through October. <laughs> yeah. And then the Colts game, which I was at, I was just like, this team is, there's problems <laughs> here. Um, yeah. I think the Colts game was really the one I was just like, they're not getting any better. <laughs> Soon. How, how was that experience? I know uh, all the fans are leaving early and stuff. How was that? They were not leaving early. Some people <laughs> left. You don't see some people leave during an overtime game. I know that. But a lot of those people were just going to the bathroom. It wasn't like the stadium was empty for, for overtime. I think it was a little misleading. Some people did leave. Rightfully yeah, so, I, because it's like they're not going to win this game, I don't think, or they're going to play a full overtime quarter and result in a tie. I thought that's <laughs> what was going to happen. Honestly, I thought it was going to be a tie game. Um, oh my, yeah, but it was yeah. not a it was a, not a fun game. Yeah, I mean, me and you were kind of different. Like after that game, like I don't know what it is, but like I, I can just kind of tell how the season's going to go. Like just, just I can just tell by the way the team comes out, and that game was very weird. Like it was just the whole first month of the season was like weird. You know, you're just kind of yeah. waiting for it to click. But if you watch the games, they just never were able to click. And I think in that game, what happened was, I mean, when you have both of your running backs fumble at the one, and it's like then, then you know, at the end of the game, your head coach doesn't trust the the quarterback you just traded everything for, basically, you know, to not convert a fourth and short, and he did it constantly throughout the game. And, like, the Broncos aren't – you know, at the time, the Broncos just weren't, like, a veteran team. Like, a lot of our best players were younger guys. So, I feel like they were just kind of like, wow, yeah. we just lost to the Seahawks. Like, all this hype, and we just went out here and put up 16 points and lost. I kind of had a good feeling. I said, I just – I said, I feel like this season is going to be pretty bad. I say because Hackett looks You're like right. he doesn't – No, because I had a gut feeling. I was just looking, and they were all laughing. I mean, my friends, and I'm just like, I have a bad feeling about this season now because I'm like Hackett looks like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And yeah, and I proceeded to be right. You just see throughout the next few games, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. So yeah, it was I think we underestimated a new coach and a yeah. new quarterback at the same time. Like, yeah, we had false expectations because of Peyton Manning, but even Manning came in, it was John Fox, right? It's an experienced coach, he has control of the the team. There's kind of like an identity there. Brady goes to Tampa, but that's with Bruce Arians, another veteran head coach who's done it a long yeah. time. Matthew Stafford goes to the McVay. Rams. That's with Sean McVay. Like, this was a unique situation, and I think we underestimated all the change and mm-hmm. not – and I think we underestimated Russell Wilson's persona and all it takes in, you know, kind of figuring out how to navigate that. Not that yeah. it's – necessarily a knock in the way that a lot of people really want it to be against Russ, but uh, Pete Carroll knew how to deal with it and manage it, but they started with Russ from day one. Like it it turned into something else and they figured Mm -hmm. out how to kind of go with it. Hack it, new coach, new situation, trying to figure out all that stuff and accommodate Russ, probably giving too much to Russ and yeah, Yeah. then everything else 
got bad. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say, because uh, I'm, I'm going to let Amir go, I feel like this season, like Peyton Man is my favorite player of all time. Like he's the reason why I like, fell in love with the game of football. Like Peyton yeah. Man is my guy. But this season made me realize how much I like, I oh, like I didn't value Peyton Manning enough and how really great he was. Yeah. Because the thing about Peyton was he was so sm- like I knew Peyton was a genius, right? But this season put into like perspective how much of a genius he was. Like think about because oh, yeah. he came in. You look at John Fox, like the quarters he had, Mike McCoy, Adam Gase. All most of these guys didn't have success anywhere else. And you're just, I'm just sitting there like, and I'm thinking Russ is going to do that. He's going to come on like, man, we're going to be fine. It's Russ. Like, he's going to figure it out. He's a great quarterback. And I'm like, but not everybody is Peyton Manning. Like, not yeah. everybody can just come in and figure things out like this, get chemistry with all these different guys, and boom. take Yeah, it may take a few games, and then boom, we're off to the race to Super Bowl or bust. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And it just made me realize, damn, man, Peyton Manning was really one of a kind. Like, we're not, like, he was a, he was a GOAT. Like, and it made me realize, like, yeah. man. Both like Manning and Brady never had all of the physical tools to be considered like, well, like, I mean, Manning had the, he had the college career that Brady didn't. Right. But Manning was always physically limited and he knew that. And that's why he knew he had to be the most mentally prepared player, uh, not on the team, but like on earth. And I think like (laughs) Tom Brady learned to play, as not being like the best physically gifted QB and both of those things like serve them in the longevity of their career and how to be uh, like the best at knowing what to do before the ball is snapped. Like Mm -hmm. two of the best players, I think doing that, I think Manning's better than way better than Brady. I think he's a lot better than him at that, but like both of them is like, that's why they, they, lasted so long and then obviously like brady had the other weird thing where his body just defied logic <laughs> and all that other shit but yeah i agree I, I like peyton manning was the first quarterback i thought was better than john elway mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was yeah. before he was a bronco like he was the first qb i was willing to go like okay in my mind there's another qb out there who i think is as good as john elway and that was peyton yeah maybe it's because yeah. he picked and- his part in the playoffs but yeah, and uh, Peyton Manning doesn't go up to his children and kiss them on the lips. So nah, that uh, is... there's there's one thing there. Nah, Tom um, Brady. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we're talking a little bit about Instagram early on. I got to bring this up. Um, I got to tell you know bring this up on the pod. Um, so I'm gonna put up the the pick. But yesterday on Instagram, you posted um an interesting picture, <laughs> uh, a big schlong Peyton, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think I want to go with plump pepper Peyton. Triple P alliteration. Uh, and you and you captioned it. Uh, now I know why Sean Payton is so confident. Yep. My question for you is, why would you do this to me on my timeline uh, when I was in public? Well, I mean, why would he sit like that? Is what I want to know. Uh, oh, I, didn't, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know he was packing. I really didn't. Oh my uh, god, bro! This is the no, type the of wor- news I'm interested part. in, guys. What I say? The, living, the worst part is jokes in football. Not easy path. Somebody ta- like somebody tweeted that to me. Oh really? Okay, I was about to say. Okay, I was about to. Me. 
<laughs> Ho- hopefully, you're, hopefully you're not trying to cover up. But um, yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, they uh, all the coaches, uh, all 32 coaches took a picture in three rows, and um, apparently someone tagged Brandon Perter in this photo, and he decided to um, repost it rather than not be the one to zoom up on it. But yeah, that was an interesting surprise to uh, refresh my Instagram feed and see. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, blessing our timeline with that. Yeah, it's like my most liked photo. So. <laughs> Wait, what did, what did you call him? The nickname you just gave me? You said Plump Pepper? Is that what you said? Plump Pepper Peyton. <laughs> Plump Pepper Peyton. Oh, boy. Why would he sit yeah, like that. that, though? That is funny. <laughs> yeah. Why? He's, uh... You want people to know. That's why. He's confident. Like, that's the first thing. I was like, oh, this, like, Sean may be overconfident. I mean, I trust it. Like, that was my vibe about him coming in. It's like, He's going to do things his way. He doesn't give a shit what anybody else thinks. He's had the success. He believes in himself. Oh, my God. I thought it was because of the yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, yeah. Speaking – Speaking of uh, Super Bowl winners and uh, Broncos legends, um, I, I heard you. Uh, I can't remember where it was from, but you, there's like a. Um, you said somewhere about a story where you met like Garrett Kubiak, Wade Phillips, and all those guys at like a big gathering. Um, was, I think it was maybe like a reunion or, of some sort or whatever it was. Um, you said uh, basically you had like a really awkward exchange and moment with uh, former Broncos head coach Gary Kubiak. You want to tell us that story and kind of, oh. um, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was at Derek wolf's retirement party oh okay, okay. okay and i think i was two or three drinks in two or three Ooh. whiskeys in enough where i felt confident going up to where bill kolar wade phillips and gary kubiak were hanging out i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go talk to these guys and that's not me like i'm like i'm kind of shy in public and uh nervous around people like i'm terrible at small talk but i had some liquid courage <laughs> go up introduce myself wade super nice very cool uh bill kolar i tried to say like something to him and he just like he literally just like walked away from the conversation oh my god uh not like mid-sentence but like i was talking about like how players loved him and you know uh like it was cool and he was just like yep and then he like he turned around and left. And so Kubiak kind of got cornered. And I was like, okay, well, I got Kubiak. And I like tried to make like some reference to about, about the offense and what they were doing in Minnesota, because he was like was he like the advisor there or the OC? Yeah, he and, was some yeah, it was some, some weird point. like role, but he was like yeah. calling the play somewhat. Yeah, it was weird. Though. I was trying to make like some sort of football observation about the style of offense he ran. And how it actually would be would be great for what Russ wants to do is like, do you think like the Broncos should be like? And bottom line, it was convoluted. And at the end of it, he was just like, "I don't know what you're asking." <laughs> like, oh my! But then I got a little mad because <laughs> it wasn't even like trying to be nice, you know? Like Wade mm-hmm. Phillips, super nice. Kubiak was just like, "Who the fuck's this dude?" Like, okay. Uh-huh. So Wade Phillips still very high on my mm-hmm. uh list. Kubiak, not to his fault. I get it. I was a little buzzed, sounding like an idiot. But he didn't hide that he thought I was an idiot. <laughs> that I don't like. Damn, that's 
it was hard because I love Gary and everything he's done for our, our great franchise. My Man, advice, don't get drunk and then try to talk football with guys who've coached in the NFL for a long time because you're going to sound stupid. <laughs> so you just like walked away after that and that was it? Yeah. Je- well, Jess, my wife, was still talking to um, Wade Phillips' wife and uh, somebody else's wife, I think. So I kind of had to sit, okay. stand next to him. But they totally just ignored me after that. Damn. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, a question I kind of wanted to ask you. Um, besides Peyton Manning, because I know that's the answer you're gonna give me. What um, what was like? What would you say was your favorite Broncos free agent signing? Ooh, favorite free agent signing mm-hmm. outside of Manning? Probably Akeeb. Um, and I don't even know if it was like at the time, but. What he brought to the team, uh, definitely one of my favorites. I know, like, stuff's weird right now with him and his brother in that terrible situation. Um, before that, probably Neil Smith. Like, mm-hmm. taking away a great player from a division rival and then winning two Super Bowls, that's – yeah, I'll go Neil Smith was pretty okay. pretty up there. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. Um, so we were talking a little bit about the wide receivers early on. I want to kind of get your thoughts on this and all three of us kind of, you know, have a little quick debate about it. But um, I recently wrote a piece for our predominantly orange um, about Kareem Jackson and Caden Stearns and kind of how the Broncos should uh, operate with that situation moving forward. Um, do you think the Broncos should re- uh, re-sign K-Jack? Um, if they do, would you like it? Would you be on board with the move? Or do you think Caden Stearns should just be the guy going forward and get his opportunity? It's hard because I love Kareem Jackson so much. Yeah, <clears throat> I love an undersized dude who like hits, hits like a Whoa. like a six two two hundred forty. Like he's a, I call him like the human torpedo because it's like once a game you'll just see him fly in. He's not even in screen, and then he's just yeah bulldozing yeah. his way, takes out the legs, makes a tackle. Um, and he he. You know, he, he still played well last year. I think, like, what I like about Kareem Jackson coming back is just depth back yeah. there. Because I'm all for Caden Stearns getting more of an opportunity um, in more of a starting role. I think, like, we saw uh, enough out of him to be excited about. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fine with them leaning on him because uh, you have Simmons back there. So whoever plays next to Justin Simmons, I feel like they're going to do well. Uh but I think if Kareem Jackson comes back and it's more in like a shared role with Stearns, I, I think that's the best move. But I like I like Jackson. Yeah, my my God, that's 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 the same thing I've been uh, saying for a while now. Like, um, I would love to have like I think Caden Stern deserves his opportunity to start. But I mm-hmm. think if you do bring KJack back, I think you can use him in a lot of ways to where he doesn't just have to strictly play safety. I think you kind of put him in that hybrid role, like you know, throw him in that linebacker sometimes just for coverage purposes, like to cover like you know, cover like tight ends and things like that. I mean, I would love to have him back. Depth, like you said, depth, but also locker room presence, just what he brings to that yeah. team, you know, especially and we're gonna be winning. And I feel like he 
the whole time he he went to Denver to win, and it hasn't panned out at all to the way that he's wanted. And I think now with the right, we have a right coaching staff. The mindset is now all winning. Like like I feel like th this is one of the most confident seasons I'll probably say going into like the Broncos. I'm, I'm not gonna say my ceiling is extremely high, but I just feel more confident that we have a Sean Payton type head coach. I just feel like. Cream Jackson deserves it, man. He deserves to come back. I say Broncos. Broncos just give him that one year, 3.5, one year, 3 million, and bring him back and just – but play him somewhat. I say play him. You, like, don't just bring him back and not play him at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would definitely, you know, come back and not, you know, accept the backseat, you know, per se. But um, I think with me right now, it's just availability. Like, Kareem Jackson is one of the only safeties we've had in a while that has been able to start, like, all 17 games and still be able to produce that – Know, nearly an elite level so obviously last season in coverage it wasn't the best but i mean he's getting up there in age and he doesn't necessarily have to be the starting uh safety right there up top with justin simmons he can be inserted in other roles um i don't know how you know um opposed or willing you know vance joseph is to that i'm, I'm assuming he'd be flexible with it considering he's he's done stuff like that in the past but um you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I'm kind of on board with uh, bringing him back on just like a really short-term deal right now. But he went on Good Morning Football and said that, you know, he wants to play for a contender. And whether yeah. he believes the Broncos are that or not is still um, yet to be seen. Um, honestly, I don't even know for that yet. So we still kind of um, have to anxiously uh, bite our nails until the season starts. But because, um, you know, we were saying that last season. But I've seen a much better situation with uh, Coach uh, Schlong Payton. Um my last question for you today is um, what is your uh, very last question? What is your favorite video you've ever made on that's good uh, sports or just anything in general, whether it's a short or just anything in general? Uh, I, don't, I don't out? know. I don't know if I have a favorite video. Um, when I destroyed the Tom Brady Lego head, that video uh, turned out <laughs> really cool. And that was like uh, because we raised money for, for charity. So I like I'm proud of that one. Uh, I liked I there's I haven't done it yet this year, but every time around the draft, we do our best named players episode where it's just like Will and I riffing on players who have funny names. Um, that video never does well, like they they don't perform well. I shouldn't keep doing them, but I just, it's such a dumb thing to do that uh, we keep doing it. And I like making those videos. So, that's, I mean, like, that's a hard question. There's, I don't remember what I did last week usually. So, <laughs> it's a tricky one. No, I feel tricky that. one. This last season, I'd say anything Russell Wilson related was fun because people watched it. Okay. I like and I like defending Russell Wilson now against the haters. I feel like that's part of my mission. Like I can shit on him for bad play, but then I defend him against the world uh, because he's our quarterback. So mm -hmm. okay. that would be my mission to continue yeah. if he doesn't play well. Okay. Yeah. So the last question I have for you and uh, Amir, I'm asking you this too. I've been debating this for so long, but like for years now, like just this whole debate. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you guys, in you guys' opinion, which defense as a whole, I'm not talking about secondary, like as a whole defense was better. Like, would you guys say the um so would you guys say the 2013 Legion of Boom or the 2015 Broncos defense, the no fly zone? Easily a Broncos. <laughs> Easily. Come on now. I'm not even being biased either. 
like I'm saying, as a whole defense, not just secondary, just like pass rushing, linebackers, all that. Y'all Dude, say you saw the way our offense is playing and the way our defense is playing, and we won a Super Bowl, like in 2016 like that says enough for me like i i the legion of boom is crazy one of the crazy secondaries of all time no fly zone is better but uh 2015 broncos defense nothing <laughs> in my opinion yeah no i think the 2015 broncos defense was one of the best defenses i ever watched um i think like you're you start thinking about it's like 2015 broncos it's that legion of boom it's the uh, Ravens defense from 2000, or yeah. I think it was 2000, the 85 Bears, and there's the Buccaneers defense the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, what in what like 2001 or two or whatever? Like yeah. those are some like the best ones ever. I think the Broncos defense that year was so there's because you can't put like a stat on how clutch they were. Yeah, and if. I think maybe you would look at the the Seahawks defense and say overall maybe they're just a little more a little more dominant if yeah, you're like being cool. really objective about it but I think the Broncos defense had a better pass rush and they they came through in like the fourth quarter of like every single game it mm -hmm. was a pick a strip sack uh anything just a dynamic play that you the value of it can't be understated and of course, I'm going to take that defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I but, mean, for me, like, I, I feel like for me, the argument always goes to like, I think Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, they were really good players, like pro bowlers, really good players. But we had Von Miller and Demarcus Ware. Yeah, like, they were insane. Yeah, like Von Miller and Demarcus Ware. Like, I feel like that just separates. I feel like that just kills the whole argument. I mean, the secondary, you can go tit for tat. You had Darian Stewart, TJ Ward. Uh, Keith Talib, Bradley Roby, uh, Chris Harris, and then the linebacker. Our, our linebackers are really great, though. Trevathan and Brandon Marshall were, some, were still to this day yeah. some of the best cover linebackers I've ever seen. Like, I don't think I ever – like, I've in a while, like, you got Fred Warner, obviously. But, I mean, Danny Trevathan, when he was with the Broncos, his coverage. Oh, you want yeah. to talk about clutch? Like, the way he could cover linebackers and tight ends, like, for his size, too, was, was – They insane. shouldn't have let him go. No, they shouldn't have because it was at, it was after we won the Super Bowl and we just didn't want to pay him. And I'm like, man, like that's the and, guy that we should have brought back because he was he was ridiculous. I'm not gonna like the coverage he used, like the things he used to him and Brandon Marshall. Like it's just it's crazy. And with Did you guys Wolf know that and Malik Jackson like mm -hmm. locking down the ends, like it was yeah. insane. Yeah, and you had um, bro, and people forget we had Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett yeah. was a rotational player. Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Coming in, it was a solid duo. Yeah, Shane Ray, Shaq mm -hmm. Barrett, and then you had uh, I think I think we had pot roast that season. We had Terrence Knight in that season too. I think if if I'm was he right. there? I, they had Sly Williams still, right? You said we yeah yeah yeah, yeah we had Sylvester Malik Jackson and I I, th I think we brought back Knight and I think we did. Oh, it's Terrence Knight and yeah yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, man, I had yeah, to go to uh, too. Trevathan, you guys know that the Bears are still paying him. They are. Oh, nice. Yeah, like their cap space is still carried over from uh, – I think they're owing him like something like $2 million, something like that because um, they moved on from right. early. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah easily. Money, easily. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for today's episode. Brandon, thank you so much for uh, hopping on today and talking all things Broncos, your YouTube, and all the success you've had. And uh, thanks for uh, continuing to be a hilarious-ass dude in this community and someone that people can look forward to watching – 
um, all the dick jokes, uh, Big Schlong Peyton, all that stuff is uh, is hilarious and something we need as Broncos fans who have suffered through endless depression uh, for seven years straight. So thank you so much for being one of those that can contribute to the little left happiness that we have left. Appreciate you guys having me. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, All right, man. so uh, yeah, thank you for hopping on today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe. If you guys are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure to follow. Hit hit the five star rating. Um, let us know and give us uh, feedback about what you thought about today's episode and who you want to continue to see on the episode. Rather, the players, you know, guests, um, you know, insiders, writers, whoever you guys want on the podcast, let us know uh, your feedback. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host Amir with my coach Jordan and today's guest Brandon Perna. Until the next one, peace. Peace. Bye.